Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about a movie from 1974. So, you know, three guesses on who picked this one and the first two don't count. Brian, why did you make us watch Devil Times 5, also known as People Toys? So I'm sorry. And (laughs) I want to tell you that that it won't happen again, but it probably will. And here's, here's yeah, the thing. Yeah. I, I, the next one I think is going to make it happen again too. Yeah. What was, uh, what was it? Out of the dark, right? Out of the dark. Yeah. Out of the dark. That came out in the eighties. 89. Probably a nineties yeah. movie. Okay. So I know that there is the seventies version of that and I'm on a quest to find it. And you guys, unfortunately are Cameron in this scenario and I'm Ferris Bueller and you don't want to go. <laughs> On these kooky adventures with me, but you're gonna come. You're gonna but come. Here's the thing: out of the dark, you had watched once before uh, and said, "Oh, I think this would be good for the podcast." 
I don't have time. So I don't have time to watch. but time. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a lot of things I have to do. Question my existence is four hours a day. <laughs> you can question your existence with fucking Devil Times Five while playing in the background to pick up that, ooh, this might not be the one for us. Actually, I was questioning my existence as I was trying to watch Devil Times Five. You know how long it took me to watch this movie? How long? 30 minutes. <laughs> Bur- oh. Breathe through it. You didn't miss anything. So here's the thing. If I get one more Devil Times Five, I will stop this endeavor. Because this was painful. <laughs> right? It, it, like, this was really bad. It was the same thing where I complained like a week or two ago. Well, I don't, you know, our recordings are all messed up. But at some episode, I complained that Amazon Prime only shows irrelevant scenes. And... Boy, man, be careful what you wish for, because Amazon Prime showed the best scene in the movie. So there was no redeeming factor for my watch. The only good scene that I thought would be a good scene was shown in the fake trailer that Amazon Prime showed me. And that was later in the movie. So we'll get to that. All right. So Devil Times 5, a.k.a. The People Toys, is a 70s film about a group of killer children. There's a lot of weird behind the scenes stuff essentially the person who's listed as the director of this movie supposedly was dating the girl that plays the nun in this movie who is very clearly a child (laughs) and he was fired and kicked off of the film not for that because it was the 70s and who cares but because everything he shot was completely unusable. So we're actually watching the reshoots. These were the better versions of what this movie was going to be. It's still pretty rough. It's slow. It's drawn out. I think the highlight of the movie is around the last five minutes when all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, (laughs) we've still got seven cast members to kill. And then it's just like death, 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 death for like the last five minutes. I'm like, okay. This could have worked a little bit more if this was spaced out better, but yeah, it's bad. I don't ever intend to rewatch this, and I was a little happier not knowing it existed, honestly. But Brian, yeah, it's a it's a it's a grindhouse filler, right? So you know how grindhouse <laughs> movies have to have like those filler scenes. It's just all of those. It's a, yeah. I actually one of the notes that I I, I mean. Let me look at my notes. I actually think I actually did take some notes and they're mostly from the beginning uh, because I got tired of the bullshit very soon. All of these notes happen in the first five minutes before the actual credits. What is this music? What is this dude's hair? Then here's a quote. We'll just give her a bottle of scotch with a nipple on the end and that should keep her happy for the weekend. And then there's the kids crawling around in the wreckage and the little boy is like got me a watch and he's like oh and a knife i wrote down that one verbatim because it made me laugh he goes hot damn got me a knife Woo!" yeah (laughs) i I like that little boy though no he's the star of the movie honestly yeah yeah i really like him him and ralph are all that this movie's worth watching ralph is what is ralph Ralph, he's just dumb ralph is of mice of and men yeah yeah he's basically yeah the guy from of mice and men he's lenny he's just He's like, I want to pet some rabbits. He actually says to the rabbits, the grownups, they're not like us. They, they make us take our pants off. Yeah, they play weird games where you take off your pants. That scene was so uncomfortable, so incredibly uncomfortable when she was like, you're very strong. I wrote down that he looks like Steven Seagal now. Like, he's like <laughs> just like this awkward James man. Here's what I don't get when they use when they use characters like that in movies. 
I'm going to tread this as lightly as I possibly can. Obviously. So this person is 30 and they have the mind of an eight-year-old, right? Or something like that. And eight-year-old me didn't know why I wanted to see boobies, but I wanted to see boobies. (laughs) So to make him that oblivious really bothered me. Well, there's the line where she's like, have you ever been with a woman? And he's like, I had a mother and a sister, but they got squashed by a bus. Squashed in the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. And an eight-year-old would say... Totally. Tons of times. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the awkwardness is saved when another woman walks into the room and then we get this weird 60s cat fight with soundtrack and all. And then the drunk lady comes in and she's like, whatever floats your boat, ladies. Well, she goes, were you training for the Olympics? Oh, yeah. The movie, the, the point where I felt like this movie had really hit a point where I was like, oh, this is going to be bad is the first kill. This the, the, the slow-mo kill is that well I the said first slow-mo kill. The the exact way that I wrote it was this slow motion dark washed out murder is punishing. The soundtrack is theremins and cymbals and then out of nowhere an oboe solo and then back to theremin and some symbols. <laughs> no, I do like how the how the soundtrack for them is like straight out of Rugrats whenever they break out of their cage and they go on an adventure it's like bum bum <laughs> I think it's important to stress symbols, not a full drum set. It's just like <laughs> with like a noise in the background the whole time. And I'm like, what is this? And it's going for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I understand the first kill. And I kind of understand a lot of the other kills because the description on IMDb is that they kill the people who have wronged them or were rude to them. I don't understand what Ralph did that made them want to kill him beyond just a bloodthirst. And his like death is so bizarre. And unfortunately him hanging from the noose is his IMDb profile. picture. Oh my God. You know, so We've had this happen before where somebody is like their IMDb picture is of the movie that we're watching, but that is like in really poor taste to have his his death mask as his IMDb picture. That has to be someone else uploaded that. I can't imagine that this actor was like, you know what picture I want people to see when they're looking me up. Honey, listen, sweetie, listen, (laughs) we've had this conversation on the show. IMDb is a fucking wasteland. No one cares. (laughs) But yeah, like essentially around the point where my note taking started to slow down because the only other notes I have are pasty man-ass. Yep, I have a man butt one too. (laughs) And then axe to the neck, quick zoom into the face. But I, I actually kind of was entertained by how many deaths towards the end of this movie are you see something happen and then it's like the classic shitty 70s like freeze frame with the camera pushed directly into the person's face before cutting to the next sequence. Yeah, they did a lot of that. Yeah, a ton. But there's this weird mystery that's not a mystery amongst the people living there where they're like, huh, Ralph hung himself and that seems weird. And then they're like, well, I'm pretty sure it was the kids that done did it. And then the other guy gets axed in the head and the kid's excuse is like, some madman came just running out of the woods and hit him. And that's when they're like, I'm pretty sure these kids are murdering people. <laughs> and then the kids are like, fuck it. They're on to us. Kill them all. And then it's just like a 10 minute murder sequence. I do appreciate that the kids get away with it. Spoiler alert. That's it's a nice little 70s trope. Well, they were they were shooting for I think 
they were very confident in this movie and were shooting for a franchise because when I watched it, the end credits started with the beginning. Yeah. Like there was more to come. Yeah, I, I appreciate it that I also appreciate it that uh, I think I've made this reference once before, but it, fuck it. It's it's appropriate in this one, too. They have that William Castle ending where it's like, no, we have to go to another house. And like at that point, I would have been perfectly content if one of them just looked straight down the barrel of the camera and said, it could be your house. Because <laughs> like, that's clearly what they're trying to insinuate is like, no one's home is safe from these five children that you could probably push over pretty yeah. easily. This is the, the classic <laughs> fucking puppet master scare thing or dolls, you know, like, are they really going to murder you? Yeah. Are they going to hold you down? They're going to hold you're not going to be able to fight the strength of a five year old when you're in a tub filled with fucking piranhas. Oh, yeah. yeah the piranha kill is so stupid, too. And it's like the main image on IMDb. Like when you log in there, it's just like two legs kicking out with blood soaked in a tub. And as soon as they introduced the piranhas, I was like, well, I saw that picture on IMDb. So I'm pretty sure I know where this is going. Well, it's, che- it's a Chekhov's gun kind of thing where the guy menaces a piranha at one of the kids. And then you're like, well, because I didn't see that picture on imdb because i didn't go on imdb for this at all um because i didn't care but i knew that 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 somebody was going to get eaten by piranhas because you don't put a piranha in a in a movie if you're not gonna you know eat somebody with one use it for evil deeds you think the piranha would have been used on the guy who was torturing them with it though yeah that would make a lot more sense also wasn't the main uh blonde woman's name lovey or lovely or oh i have no idea <laughs> like in the movie the, the character's name is is something ridiculous so but yeah and i also love the fact that the cat fight that they the blonde and brunette have and that's when i thought it was going to be a grindhouse but it wasn't I, I think it's so funny that like their boobs fell out but it wasn't for a movie that seems like it really wanted to be sleazy it didn't lean into the sleaze there at all like you get to see the hint of a nipple. Very strange. Did you recognize the child who dresses in women's clothing? No. So I got confused because I thought I was half paying attention, but I thought that that was the nun. So that so when you said that he was dating the woman playing the nun, it threw me off. But I did see that where he was wearing the makeup. Who was that? That is the 70s child star, Leif Garrett. Oh, I meant like in regards to the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. He, the actor. It's like the closest thing they have to anyone who was a big name was that it was the actor Leif Garrett. This is like one of Leif Garrett's first movies. And he went on to be like a 70s teen heartthrob and like appeared in like Dickie Roberts as like one of the child stars in the ending credits of Dickie Roberts. Big Break was in The Outsiders. He was one of The Outsiders. But yeah, prior to all that, he was a murderous child that dressed like a woman for a scene that didn't really go anywhere. But what character was it? That's what I want to know. That's what I mean. He was that kid. He was the one that was going to Hollywood. I'm going to be an actor. Mm -hmm. I'm going to Hollywood. I must have missed that scene, too. I'm missing this entire movie. (laughs) What I don't understand is the fact that I burnt through this movie so fucking fast and I know more about it than you do. Yeah, and I watched it intently. I left my phone. Well, I got confused. It was a confusing movie. (laughs) It was a bad movie, Brian. There's a difference. <laughs> Again, Brian, you're doing this two picks in a row where I'm like, we're at the 15 minute mark. And I'm like, I don't know what else I have to say about the devil times five. So what I guess I can help out by giving a quick little lesson to people. If you want to shoot something, they they overused. And I can't talk about 70s cameras because I've never used a camera from the 70s. But if you're shooting today and you watch this movie and you notice that 
the slow motion scenes look like stop motion. Like it's just like, it's because their camera settings were all fucked up. And if you (laughs) have a slow motion kill at a minimum, you want that your FPS, your frames per second to be at 30 and then your shutter speed to be at 60. And then that allows you to slow it down. If you have a newer camera and you can have your frames per second at 60 and your shutter speed at 120, then you're golden and can do some really cool action, slow motions. So I gave you a shitty episode, but at least you learned something. They're entertaining, but they're uneducated. Boom! Take Uh, that! (laughs) Well, I guess we're not entertaining, but very educational this week. Yeah, you can only be one or the other. (laughs) There's no way to to combine both. The alternative title, People Toys, which like is what it's listed in a bunch of different sources like wikipedia only has it available under the name people toys but then also admits that there's no real history that they could find of it being released under any title other than devil times five but because of the name people toys one of the positives about this movie is that it gave me an excuse to say for our patreon episode let's talk about our collections of actual toys, which will mostly just turn into me talking about my toys because I don't know how many Scott or Brian have. But the name People Toys, if that was the actual name that they released this under, not that really spoilers fucking matter at all, but it, it basically is just the last line of the movie. <laughs> like it's the most uninspired title that you could throw onto this film. When there were drive-ins and you were making these like very inexpensive movies just for like you know grindhouse movies for Mm -hmm. a drive-in the whole point was to give away everything because it was like oh people are gonna be there so might as well let them know exactly what they're in for i mean my impression of the drive-ins especially in the 70s was an excuse to have sex in the back of a car while a movie was playing yeah you know it's it was netflix and chill before netflix yeah i think brian said that yeah netflix is really fucking up netflix and chill because they're putting out good content like imagine scott imagine this and or maybe you're not as much of a loser as me but imagine (laughs) it's your first time watching the haunting of hill house and megan starts kissing your neck what do you do honestly i say stop we're watching haunting of hill exactly (laughs) you know what i mean you can't netflix and chill with the content they're putting out you netflix and netflix and that's it (laughs) well and we've been watching so much schitt's creek and no sex is happening during Shit's Creek. <laughs> Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of Tacky and White and Nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. 
Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. So we basically already slightly dipped into what did we watch this week, but first let's dive back in to Devil Times 5 to talk about our double features. Hey, Brian, what did you watch with the, or want to watch with this? So I would probably redeem the night and not do a horror movie. But since it had a semi-grindhouse feel, I'd, I'd pop on coffee and we would watch coffee after this. And that would be a good... Uh, old, is that a movie yeah. or is that literally you just saying you want to drink some coffee? Yeah, oh, that's a movie. Is. Okay. It's a movie. It's starring the, uh, oh, it's awesome. It's so awesome. It's like one of the best Grindhouse movies. And it's the woman who plays Jackie Brown. Pam Greer. Pam Greer. And she is, she's a nurse and her sister is a, is, is a drug addict who dies of an overdose. So she just kills drug dealers. And that's it. That's super black exploitation. If I've ever heard yeah. it right there. It's yeah, Pam yeah. Greer. Of course it's black exploitation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go. Scott, what was your double feature? All right. So if I'm dealing with shitty child actors, um, I'm going with In the Mouth of Madness. Because then I get to just do my favorite quote. Uh, It's Mummy's Day. 1994. Wait, have you never seen In the Mouth of Madness? No, no. Well, it's on my list. I guess I'm going to put it on my short list. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, that's awesome that he's never seen it. Brian, do not watch it. Probably in November. I'll pick it. I'm going to do a weird double feature in the sense that I'm going to pretend that I'm watching the sequel to Devil Times 5, which is a trauma film that Troma just bought the rights to. They didn't personally produce it. Oh, fuck called, yeah. Called Beware Children at Play that is infamous for people walking out when the trailer for the movie played <laughs> the short version of, and the reason why I would never pick it for the podcast is because it's all about the last five minutes and the rest of the movie is yeah. complete trash, but it's about a town where for some unknown reason, the kids just keep turning murderous and killing their parents. And the last five minutes of the movie, which also in a brilliant trauma type way became most of the trailer it's just the parents murdering their children in the most horrific ways possible, just like one after another. Like, it's just like third. Like, I would say it's about two minutes long of like 50 children deaths. <laughs> just back to back to back. Yeah. It's insane. And it's like to the point, like it's stuff where like a dad pulls out a gun and shoves it into his son's mouth. And then you just see his brain splatter across a wall that has a smiley face on it. Like it is so graphic how they kill these kids. But it's like it's so poorly made, like the gore is so bad that it becomes hilarious. Uh, feel free, Scott, to literally just look up the trailer and you'll see all the highlights of the of the movie. But uh, 
Yeah, beware children at play would be my double feature so I could see these five kids get their comeuppance. Anyway, so what what did we watch this week? Did we talk about Hollywood? No. We did not. <laughs> but I think you and Brian liked it a little bit oh, more I, than I Oh, I really liked it a uh, lot. I was a little let down by it. The, I didn't. And I think it's just because I live in misery. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I just I didn't like that everyone was so successful and so successful so quickly. Yeah, and it, it's because it's wish fulfillment, you know, and that's fine. Yeah, like it was just like, oh, we're nobodies that, you know, can't even get our foot in the door. And the door cracks open. And it's like, we're big stars now. We're all big stars. You're a big star. I'm a big star. I will say, uh, shit, whatever his name is. Um, I forget already, but the guy from Jim Big Parsons. Bang Theory, Jim Parsons, Jim. man, I loved his acting in that show so much. He was yeah. such a scumbag. And at first I thought he was a scumbag that was like redeemable. And I don't know if it's redeemable. There's just worse people. Like there's just worse people. He's the least <laughs> awful. He's the least yeah. awful of shitty people in the, in yeah. the show is basically yeah. what he ends up being. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I see I I'm glad that they did a miniseries and it was cool that, you know, they 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 kind of changed history of like what history could have been. But I would have 100 percent been okay if they did the long run series and it was really focused around a guy who wants to act but is stuck in a gas station being a male prostitute. Yeah, give me five seasons of that. <laughs> yeah. legs. It's too realistic. Is him fucking his way to success. Yeah. This is a, just four seasons of that one episode of Mad Men with Joan and the guy from the car company. Ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll keep mine short. My what did I watch this week? Because I, I heard a lot of good things about it, so I gave it a shot. The uh, very short show on Netflix called I'm Not Okay With This. Mm. It was all right. I, I enjoyed it. It apparently is based on some comic book that I've never heard of. Uh, but it's from the same guy who wrote the end of the fucking world comic book. Oh, I liked it. Yeah, it's, I like it's that show. yeah, it's so the thing that's funny to me is like, I think we've hit this weird. I don't want to say problem, but like very clearly the best children actors that are around right now are the kids from it and the kids from Stranger mm -hmm. Things. So Absolutely. it feels like every single time there's at least one of them in a movie, there's a like or a TV show, there's like two or three other Stranger Things or It Kids there. And it's like, Jesus Christ. So this one is literally the show's two stars are Beverly and Stan from It, uh, are the stars of the show. And it's it's fun. It's basically about a girl who may or may not have developed telepathy Carrie style. Oh, really? Yeah. And trying to figure out if I she's going crazy. <laughs> I, I did not realize that there was a... Um, a like supernatural somewhat twist. supernatural aspect to that show. So I yeah. am now okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Give it a shot. It's, it's literally like it's seven episodes. And I think the longest episode is 22 minutes long. So it's like, there's a certain point where I was watching it where I was like, you know, they probably could have cut like 30 minutes from this and just released it as a movie. Like it's, yeah. it's very, it's like a good, like two hours and 15 minutes of your time. Like you can just rock through it, but yeah, it was fun. It's, it's kind of funny. It's, it's charming. It's got some good gore. I was a fan, so I do recommend it, but it, a soft recommend. It's not like, it's not like when I saw never have I ever, where I was like, holy shit balls. This is the best thing Netflix produced all year. And I haven't seen that either. Yeah, Brian, are you doing, uh, was Hollywood yours as well? I watched The Gentleman finally, and man, it's so fucking good. It's it such so a return to form. Good. 
It's such a like like it is Guy Ritchie going back to like what he did best in the nineties. Not not a diss to like what Guy Ritchie's done in the last couple of years. Like I think he's very good at doing like those family action movies like the Sherlock Holmes films, but just like a filthy, vulgar, violent British comedy. Like, Dude, I mean, I look forward to, I don't know how to say this, but like, I look forward to to decades from now when, when we're older. And like, I, I think that Guy Ritchie will go down in history. I just think he's one of the best directors. I think like him and Quentin Tarantino and stuff, which everyone knows Quentin Tarantino and he's got the fame. You mean the foot it. fetishist? Yes. Uh, so, well, <laughs> real quick, I wasn't going to throw two in there, but real quick, I, uh, I watched Death Proof again for the first time in a very, very long time. And that is the footiest foot foot movie that Quentin Tarantino has ever put out. <laughs> oh, dude, Boy, it's oh, insane. <laughs> it's, it's specifically when there's just a point of a leg just floating through the air for a couple frames. And you're like, man, he's yeah. putting feet everywhere. And this goddamn he loves feet. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Well, that was Devil Times 5. We'll see how long this episode comes out in editing, but we got a pretty decent length out of it. And check out our Patreon for us discussing not our favorite people toys, but our favorite toy toys. And we Don't will let be the back. man silence us. We had a pepper talk. If it doesn't show up in this episode, <laughs> Matt's trying to mute me and Scott. Don't let him bring us down. Peppers live on. <laughs> Viva uh, the pepper. <laughs> uh, so tune in next week on the podcast when we talk about a movie that Scott and I once did a commentary track for. Oh, yeah, that's a true fact that one person will be like, oh, I know exactly what they're picking. And the rest of people will be like, what kind of fucking hint was that? So check us out on all of our social media. It's in our comments and tune in next week for another episode of our movie night. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? What's up, everybody? This is Brian here to tell you about our podcast, Bingetown TV. Our hosts include seven best friends with a love for all things television. We cover a range of genres with a focus on fantasy and sci-fi, 
but also dip our feet into drama, horror, comedy, and pretty much anything we think is good television. We use the traditional deep dive formula for new live shows that are released week to week, but our calling card is our Rooks and Vets and Pitchtown TV series. Rooks and Vets pairs two of our hosts that have seen a show with two of our hosts that have not seen a show. Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 